Hello everyone, I hope you are well. I'm Carlos Carnicero Uravallen and I want to welcome you all to Future is Blue, a series of podcasts bringing together top experts from academia and think tanks to discuss the most pressing European economic and policy challenges of today. This is a Funkas Europe initiative and we hope we can bring new ideas for a more inspiring debate about Europe. Today, we're here to analyze the COP26 Glasgow Summit and whether we're indeed going in the right direction. I'm joined by Maria Mendiluce, CEO of the We Mean Business Coalition, an organization driving collaborative leadership to solve the climate crisis. Thank you for joining us, Maria. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me here today. You're welcome. And also, let me welcome our regular contributor, Raymond Torres, Funkas Europe Director. Hello, Raymond. Hello, Carlos. Pleasure to be here today. Emissions keep rising and promises to cut those emissions keep rising as well. And we just saw that in Glasgow. Um, Maria, there was substantial progress made in areas such as finance, carbon pricing, carbon markets, but the final agreement is not strong enough when it comes to a critical issue and that is the need to eliminate fossil fuels. So I need to ask you first, are we going in the right direction after Glasgow? Yes, I think um, the, actually the sentence on, on coal and, and fossil fuel subsidies is the first time that we see this included in, in the cover of the Conference of the Parties. So I think that's a substantial progress. And I would not be too fussy around the words. Um, I think what is important is that it's there and it can be strengthened in the future. So now I think we need to celebrate that countries such as China or even India are saying that they're going to phase down coal. And then in the future, we should push them to say that they're going to phase out coal. But in any case, as someone has put it, to phase out, you need to phase down first. So I think definitely this is a, a great step forward. I think in terms of what is an inefficient fossil, fossil fuel subsidy, to me, it's a big mystery. I don't know what it means. I, I think we just need to, you know, we need to push for carbon pricing. So we need to, to, to put um, a price on the externality of climate rather than the opposite is, is to, to, to give a subsidy so that uh, consumers use more a fossil fuel that is having an impact in, on the environment. Thank you, Maria. Uh, Raymond, what is your reaction? How did you see it? Do you see it? And I think Maria is being very realistic in it, when it comes to seeing that other countries uh, that are much more dependent and less developed are joining this effort. Uh, do you share that um, sort of optimism after what we saw in Glasgow? I, I think indeed the um, I think the, the positive outcome of uh, the Glasgow COP26 conference is, is indeed that there is global awareness of uh, the the need for curbing carbon emissions and fighting climate change. I think now it's clear with the US obviously on board, but also now China and, and India as well. I think this is a step in the right direction. I would also highlight the fact that. Uh, uh, probably it's probably the case that never in the past there has been so much commitment on the part of business also 
to you know, converge towards the same efforts and even to uh, commit some money in, into this. I mean, we of course had already, uh, from the point of view of civil society, a strong commitment to, towards those goals, but now it's also the case of business. I think this is obviously, I mean, these are things in the right direction, but I think overall, uh, over and above the issues of, uh, you know, the, the use of coal uh, or, 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 or subsidies for fossil fuels and so on, I think the real problem that we are facing is the transition. I think this is uh, perhaps we we are uh, much more aware today than we were last uh, last at the last conference, the COP25, of the uh, importance of addressing tackling the the transition. Otherwise, it may be very difficult to indeed fight climate change. In other words, there has to be central focus on the uh, how indeed to ensure a smooth transition, how to minimize the costs, be aware of, that, of the costs and, and uh, minimize them and prepare the future, uh, keeping into account the goals, which are of course valid, we have to go in that direction, but focus a lot more on the transition. And that's very difficult because there are tough trade-offs, there are major economic issues, and uh, they, they need to be addressed not only on, on, a, on a global level, but also at the country level. There has to be much more specific country focus on the path for each of the countries towards uh, net zero emissions. Maria, you are in close contact with key business companies and organizations and consider, consider we are still recovering from a terrible pandemic which has caused so much social and economic damage. Is there consensus on the fact that recovery and green transition go hand in hand? Yes. Uh, definitely. In fact, it was the, the business community that came with the term Build Back Better back in March uh, 2020, when the pandemic was uh, was was growing. And um, and so and we have seen uh, multiple occasions of businesses um, sending letters to governments uh, to to ask that the recovery must be green and must support the transition. Because it is clear for businesses that now we have an opportunity to reset and, and to use the funding that is going to be made available to 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 address a, a biggest pandemic, which is the one from climate change uh, that has enormous risks uh, for society. And so um, I think businesses are, are pushing in that direction in many forms. Uh, they are also doubled down some of the businesses, their investment on climate. And during the past year, we have seen, for example, the amount of companies that have committed to set science-based targets aligned with the Paris Agreement has increased uh, immensely. And now there's 2,000 companies that have done so, of which 1,000 have committed to be aligned with 1.5. This is an initiative that we we created back in, in 2015 that um, urges uh, companies to set science-based targets aligned with, uh, with the science short-term and long-term targets. So this is great news. I think not only the, the companies are advocating for, for governments to be more ambitious on climate and to, to have a green recovery tax, but they are also doing their, their part. Raymond, do you, do you share that? I mean, recovery prospects, can they be affected or even maybe perhaps in some ways they can even be helped by intensified efforts to fight climate change? I mean, it's it, the, the paradox uh, in which we are living is that the, uh, the fight against uh, climate change is likely in the long term 
to be one of the solutions to many of our economic and social problems that we are facing today. So we managed to transit towards renewable energy and other types of technology. Uh, our, we, our lives would be simply better. But the problem is uh, the, uh, the transition, how to reach that long term. And let me give an example. At the moment in Europe, uh, we, uh, we are in a situation where uh, there, there is a very, very clear fight against uh, emissions, CO2 emission, uh, uh, emissions. The result is that, of course, carbon prices are high. And also, uh, there is much less investment in uh, fossil uh, energies and not only investments in Europe, which there would be very little opportunities, but investments in other parts of the world because the countries commit not to uh, continue with these energies, which is the right thing. But the result in the short term, and that I emphasize the short term, is that we have uh, uh, practically an energy crisis with a very significant increase in electricity prices and so on, which is, is creating problems of inflation and problems for economic growth. So the solution, of course, is not to go back to the previous path, which was unsustainable, and it would be worse, in fact, at some point, but rather to ensure that there, is, uh, there are uh, accompanying policies. You know, we, we have to do that, that transition carefully to compensate vulnerable groups, for example, to um, uh, coordinate uh, green taxes, uh, across big blocks, big economic blocks, and to invest uh, very significantly in new technology. And that is something which uh, businesses are able to accompany, but the uh, governments have a major role to play, and they are asking actually businesses uh, for governments to intervene there. So we need money, investment, we need uh, a global tax effort, and we need to compensate losers, among other things. That's not easy to do. Thanks, thanks for that point, because I think it's a critical issue here. And I think as we are approaching a, uh, an expensive and cold winter, some fear that plans for a green transition can be compromised due to this uh, energy uh, crisis we are, we are seeing and, and the possible social unrest. Do you fear that that may happen, Maria, or what's, what's your view on that? Well, I think what, one thing needs to be very clear is that... Um, that renewables are the solution to the current crisis, not the, not the reason for the current energy crisis. So if, um, if we deploy more renewables, uh, the, the markets will not be dependent on the volatility of the fossil fuel prices. That is what is driving us uh, to where we are. Also because those resources can be produced in, in one's country, uh, less subject to international trade. And so the solution to the current crisis is to double down investment on renewables, to double down investment on the infrastructure, the grid that is going to bring those renewables to the, to the consumption places. But I want all of us here, every single one of you, to just for a minute think about one person in your life, one person only, that will still be around in 2030 and how that person will live if we do not stick to the 1.5 degrees here today. And of course we all have our national interests. And of course there are many issues that need to be uh, uh, looked at later. And I fully understand when developing nations say there should be more finances on the table. And yes, we're only at the beginning. Raymond, um, we, we just heard 
a quote quite emotional uh, Frank Timmermans intervention at the Glasgow summit and I think they you uh, I think in Europe we like to think of ourselves as a leading continent um, when it comes to fighting climate change and that may be the case but do you think we're we're doing enough uh, both internally and both externally pushing others to join our effort <laughs> well, uh, we we have to do first of all enough in our own countries, in, in Europe itself, and I think uh, this is an issue on which Europe has been lagging in a way. I mean, truly, it's true that there was a, a global financial crisis, and this in a way delayed uh, some of the responses. But now uh, there is clear awareness in Europe that the uh, we cannot continue with the same path, and that we have to jump decisively with uh, you know the the fight against against climate change and taking real measures so i think that's the so, the, so in so that 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 awareness is is something which is more internal and it it, uh, it took time to to happen the other part of the awareness raising has to do with what it means concretely and one of the implications is that we need more investment maria just said that uh, the solution comes from investment in renewable energy but that according to the IAEA, will cost something like 2% of GDP uh, for at least 10 years, every year for at least 10 years. So this is quite considerable. And uh, Europe has started with uh, the uh, uh, next generation EU in, in, that, uh, in that direction, but this is still not enough. This does not add up to 2% of GDP per year. Each country will have to adapt uh, to the next generation EU. And for that, there has to be some reform in fiscal rules and other internal European mechanisms. So I think, in other words, uh, Europe still has a lot of homework to do. But in addition to that, Carlos, you are right, that Europe also has to contribute to the uh, to uh, at least adapting uh, efforts or adaptation efforts among developing countries, which are not responsible by and large uh, for the current situation. And uh, I think this commitment to provide a $100 billion fund to help developing countries is very important and Europe has to do its part as well. Maria, what's your final your final reaction on this? I think European businesses uh, need to know in which side of history they want to be. Do they want to be the Kodaks of the future or do they want to be the apples of the future, right? And so to be the apple of the future in, in, on climate, it means that they need to commit uh, to net zero. That in doing so, Having a target and also putting in plan, plan in action plans in place is good for business because the moment that they still to measure they start to measure their emissions they will realize that actually they can save energy and they can save money they can save materials they they can save um, a lot of things uh, by by closely monitoring. Uh, their emissions and energy consumption and on the other hand they can become much more attractive for their employees for investors for consumers and uh, and for the transition that the regulation is going to the regulator is going to put in place so um, this is not only about governments this is also about business doing their their part and of course uh, when it works really well is when business and governments work together in the deployment of the new rules of the games that um, because then we can go much faster and that's what Europe should be working now and in the next decade absolutely I think we I think uh, civil society needs to be there and, and governments cannot do this 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 complicated and necessary journey 
alone. Um, all right, I, I want to thank you both for uh, for I think it was a great I think it was a great talk. Um, Maria Mendiluce, CEO of the We Mint Business Coalition. Many thanks for joining us. Thank you. Raymond Torres, Funcas Europe Director. Thank you, Raymond. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you all for joining. This was all for now. We will come back soon with more exciting speakers on Europe's economic and policy-related key debates. Future is Blue is a Funcas Europe initiative. I'm Carlos Carnicero Ravallen, and if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to recommend it to others and share it on social media. Thank you all, and stay well. Thank you.